Welcome to the Net Group Investments podcast channel, a collection of conversations where we share a variety of views and insights that investors care about. From market updates and investment fundamentals to investor behavior and even the latest book recommendations, this is a space to stay informed and interested in your financial world. Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of the Top 10 in 10 podcast. My name is Mansur Naka. Today we'll be discussing Nasper's and Process again, which found some relief following the share buyback announcement early in the year, but has more recently come under renewed pressure. We discussed these recent developments with Dwayne Dipinner, co-portfolio manager of the Net Group Investments SA Equity Fund. Dwayne, investors might have been hoping that finally Nasper's Process has some good momentum behind that news, you know, of that very well-received buyback program. Since then, most of those gains have been um, evaporated. I think the stock is down about 7% since then. What's behind the latest downtrend? Morning, Wansua. Good to be with you in the studio as always. And we have discussed Nasdaq's process previously. It was just after the buyback was announced, in fact. So that was quite a positive move. There has been softness in the stock. So the buyback has been ongoing and we still believe in the buyback and it's great. So that's just process selling down their 10 cent stake and buying back on the process line and Nasdaq selling down process buying on the NASFAS line, and that's NAV accretive over time, so positive. The really disappointing part of the whole investment thesis and what's been putting pressure on the stock is really sentiment around China. If we look at the fundamentals around Tencent, just remember that's 80% of the intrinsic value of process, so a large part of the investment thesis, we still think they're very good, they're healthy, you're buying the, the company on a high single-digit P if you take off the associates portfolio, which we've discussed at a discount, uh, with great earnings potential going forward. I mean, it's on a high free cash flow yield, so the company could buy you know almost 10% of its stock back on an annual basis. It has instituted a, a share buyback and has started buying back as well. Obviously, management think the stock's cheap. So that fundamentally, we like it. But sentiment towards China has just, I mean, it's as negative as we've ever seen it. In fact, I was offshore in the States on a roadshow seeing many large endowments there. And while everyone to a T thinks there's a lot of value in the Chinese market, people are very worried about regulation, especially of Russia, that will get them stuck in the Chinese market. So U.S. investors, for instance, are worried about U.S. regulator coming out and saying you're not allowed to fund or allocate capital to the Chinese market because of the negative sort of relationships between U.S. and China. And so very worried about allocating money to that. And that was really perpetuated by the massive sell-down we saw after the Russian invasion in Ukraine and people getting money stuck in Russia. So it's that very negative sentiment that's putting pressure on the stock. I mean, that being said, in the recent few days, we've seen great positive news out of China. So we've seen news that the SEC that's auditing some Chinese companies, they sent over auditors to Hong Kong to check some Chinese companies that are listed in the US through the ADR program, look at their audit papers. It looks like they finished their, their audit early, and it seems like a positive result. We don't know for sure yet. And we saw the stocks rally, the internet stocks rally quite well on that. And then we've also seen rumors around China ending the sort of COVID lockdown policy, resource got a big kick on that along with uh, um, the Chinese companies. So you can just see how much cash is sitting in the wings, ready to invest, seize the value here, but it's really this negative sentiment that's a bit of a negative flow story at the moment. Obviously, if you keep your eyes on the horizon and look forward, we think this is a great opportunity for sort of long-term investors to pick up some fantastic assets at very decent valuations. Now, the title of today's podcast is called Mind the Gap. 
listeners might remember the previous episode on Aspers was called Closing the Gap. And that comes from, you know, for listeners who like looking at stock charts, they would see that the gaps where there's a lot of space, you know, where there's large moves in the stock price. And the latest gap came from, you know, after the news of the most recent election of Chinese Communist Party, where the current president, Xi Jinping, you know, he basically gave him another term with the current Chinese leadership strengthening the government power. As you said, a lot of that sentiment, you know, was seen negatively by the market. With that in mind, do you think the worst is over for Chinese tech companies with regards to regulation and by implication, of course, Nasus and Process through the holding in Tencent? If we take a step back and just look at Chinese regulation, I think that Chinese authorities actually signaled earlier this year that they probably over-tightened a bit in regulation and have sort of left things where they are. By no means do we think the regulation is disappearing or going to lighten. I think the regulations that are in place are in place. That being said, we don't think it'll get worse. And if you really look at the regulations they put in place, the majority of them make sense. You know, you speak to a lot of people and kids spending time on screens or gaming all the time is a real problem. So you can debate whether you as a parent want to be able to put the rules in or you want a government to do it. But anyway, the Chinese have put those rules in. They made sense and it's done. And if you look at the percentage of Tencent's revenue that it really impacted, it's quite a small percentage. We're talking below 5%. And you can debate whether it shaves some of the growth off going forward. But overall, we think Tencent, you know, it hasn't materially affected its ability to earn um, revenue and cash going forward. So not a massive effect there. If we look at the latest announcement around the Politburo, which is really, there's multiple levels, but let's say the top seven, I think, you know, from 2018, most people would say that Xi Jinping was going to be re-elected and he was going to continue. So that wasn't a surprise. What was a surprise, it seems, to the market was all the members of that Politburo are now firmly in his camp. So, you know, they speak about different factions in, in China, the Shanghai faction, etc. There was no one from that faction in that Politburo. I mean, the underlying people, you know, we're talking aerospace engineers, people that are very well qualified, so very smart individuals that he, we know they want to focus on technology development, etc. But what is a little worrying is that there's no dissenting voice. So it really is Xi Jinping's way. So only time will tell how positive or negative that way. But, uh, you know, it is a worry for the market that there is no dissenting voice at this point. Indeed, but it seems a lot of that is priced into the current stock price. So, so we would say that it's more than priced in the stock price. We're still seeing fantastic value there. We're talking world-class companies with huge competitive moats at single-digit PEs, very cash flow generative. And we've seen things like announcement of China Unicom, which is a state-owned telecommunications company forming a JV with Tencent. So I think that's what they're talking about. They want to focus some of the technology companies to invest in areas where they want to make China independent. So technologies that would be like semis production or chip production, AI, things like that. And I think they'll encourage the private industry to invest in those areas in JVs with the SOEs. You know, in South Africa, we would see that as a positive, uh, ironically. So if, you know, a private company were to invest alongside SA Airways or ESCOM, we would say, well, geez, at least that's not just the government allocating capital in an inefficient way. In China, people are very worried that what that might do is dampen returns. And could it? Yes. So maybe your return on invested capital does come down, but we think you being, you know, if we look at the risk reward, because the valuation is so low, we think that the, the market's pricing in basically return on invested capital below sort of the weighted average cost of capital for many of these companies. And that's where the great opportunity is. Thanks, Dwayne. 
I want to turn our attention now to, you know, the recent rumours of Prosus disposing the stake in Tencent, you know, the jewel in the crown. Both Prosus and Naspers came out on the day saying, officially no, but you think th- this is the case of where there's smoke, there's fire? So it's very hard to say. Um, there's no doubt that in the past we have seen rumours leak into Chinese media and it's turned out to be proven true. I mean, process has come out quite strongly. True, they are selling down Tencent at the moment, but that is really to buy their stock at a discount. They still see it as a very attractive asset, which is what they said in their announcement. I don't think they want to get rid of the whole asset immediately kind of thing, because you wouldn't be able to deploy all that capital to do a buyback, and then you wouldn't have your crown jewel at the end of the day. So I don't think process wants to sell down. That being said, you know, at the end of the day, operating in China does come with its risks. So is there a risk around the state putting pressure on process to sell? Maybe. It wouldn't be our base case. But I mean, even if, let's say, Tencent process were to sell their full stake now at the current Tencent share price, just understand there will be a massive value uptick for any Nuspers process shielder. So... We wouldn't think it's a great result just because we see so much long-term value in Tencent. But in the shorter term, NASPAS process, you would see a massive rally in those share prices. So it would still be positive for our funds and any shareholders in those two companies. I think that's a good segue, you know, into the other part of NASPAS and process, which is the so-called rump of the company, which often doesn't get a lot of airtime. Of course, the bulk of it being Tencent, but, you know, the smaller portion, which you could describe as getting for free within the share price. Discuss those investments. And do you think NASPAS or process management, for that matter, do they have influence over these investments to drive value and extract value for shareholders? So, look, when it comes to the rump, so let's say the 20% of the intrinsic value outside of Tencent, there's four main verticals, but multiple different assets. So we won't be able to dive into all the different assets. Within that, NASPAS generally has control of a lot of those assets, albeit not something like Delivery Hero, where they've got a minority stake. So they can really drive the results there. And they have been driving the results in multiple different ways. The four different verticals are food delivery, payments, classifieds, and ed tech, which is the newest one they're going into. I mean, if you look at some very valuable assets within that, there's a a food delivery asset in Brazil called iFood. It really dominates Brazil, which is a big market and probably one of the more attractive food delivery businesses globally. I mean, and they've just basically taken out the stake they didn't have now. So, I mean, there, it really looks like a lot of potential. There's a place where management could crystallize some value in those ramp assets by listing iFood one day, and that could be a decent-sized asset. They were going to buy Buildesk, or it didn't take place in India because of certain um, regulatory issues. But I think it also suited them because that deal, the price was struck before we sort of had the current market softness. Um, so the payments business in India is still a, a big business, but opportunity there to really grow that and maybe list that one day. So there's no doubt within these various verticals, they've got great assets in emerging markets with good growth. We think management has got laser focus on unlocking value in these sort of rump assets over time. And that would really be by either listing or selling of these some of these assets. And a lot of them are getting closer to that point where they could list it and maybe unlock some value, which should help really push that discount down on a NASPAS process level as well. So that upside definitely, you know, on the table for shareholders to take advantage of. Dwayne, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much. Good to be with you. Ned Group Collective Investments is an authorised Collective Investments Scheme Manager in terms of the Collective Investments Schemes Control Act. Ned Group Investments does not provide advice on financial products and will only give you factual information. For further details on our funds and to view our terms and conditions, please visit netgroupinvestments.co.za.
Nate Group Investments. See money differently.